we're back. All right. Hey, everyone. Shane Sands here, United in Christ Jesus. And it's time for another episode of That They May All Be One podcast. I'm Shane, my better, much, much, much better half, Holly, is sitting on the mixer, and she's a little sad today, and I don't I don't blame her for being sad because her Oklahoma Sooners lost. It's okay, we can say it. They lost. And then, of course, my Huskers, we won. Okay, she cut me off. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's been a really uh, a fun-filled, action-packed day today. Uh, and so, yeah, fall is in the air. We're starting to feel some of the uh, cooler temperatures, even though the last couple have been too warm for us. We're looking forward to those colder, colder temperatures. So, we're going to get into today's program. We are currently in, I think it's season five, and we are dealing on the topic of discernment. And we started off on the first one, defining discernment. What does it mean? How are we going to examine it? And then I told you we were going to look at three different aspects that out of God's word that I see that we as believers should be employing every day to ensure that we are having a proper discernment in our world and that that's all encompassing not only world events you know local and state national events but even in our jobs even in our homes at every level and even including ourselves in the defining aspect Ezra 710s being brought up you know to study practice and teach you can't be a studier and a teacher without being a doer. You can't do and teach without actually being a studier. They all have to be together, and they all have to be working in that order. Study, practice, teach. And so now we we went to the very first one where more times than anything we are told to have our eyes focused on the prize, the end goal. Where is our Lord and Savior Jesus? He is at the right hand of the Father, and we're to be focused upon being with our Lord, that he is our heaven, that we are to keep our eyes on Christ and keep pushing forward. That is number one. Then last week we, we talked about remembering where God brought us from that we have to remember when we were saved and we came from darkness into light. Well, this week is the third one. So I had the two bookends, but now this is the one that we're going to be talking about that deals with the here and now. And all of these, if you haven't uh, figured out, if you haven't been keeping up, all of these deal and focus on two really key aspects. One the Word of God and the Word of God richly dwelling within you. And then after that, a humble spirit, a humble heart, that you're able to look at God's Word and let the Word of God change you and not you read your own philosophies, your own ideologies into God's Word and make it fit what you want so you can live how you want. And that's especially important when we talk about in discernment, having that humility looking at God's word, loving it, and obeying it. So this first verse that I want to talk about 
is out of Psalm 119, and it's verse 105. You've probably heard it a thousand times. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, that is an amazing verse. It's a lamp to my feet. Where are you standing right now? Where are you at? The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to do what? It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So by having the word of God richly dwelling in you with humility, the word of God shows you where you're standing currently. Am, am I actually walking in love? Am I walking and doing what the Lord Jesus commands me? Or am I actually setting my own goals, my own hopes, my own priorities over what God wants for me? And then right after that, you have, and a light to my path. Well, that not only takes you from where you're standing, but am I staying on the course? Am I striving to enter through the narrow gate? It, it gives you an illumination. And then hopefully with that illumination, it takes you right to where Christ is. So you see where you've come from, you know where you're at, and you know where you're going, and you look and see the prize. Jesus is your heaven, the kingdom of God with King Jesus reigning. So now we have that aspect. I'm going to take us and I'm going to read another section of scripture. And this one's going to come out of Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read a couple of sections of it because Romans 8, I'm sure you've all also have, many of you, understood that Paul takes us through a doctrine, and all that doctrine goes up to chapter 12, and then at the end of, uh, up to, I mean, at the end of 11, and starting in chapter 12, we get how the application occurs. Well, in Romans 8, one of the most well-known, endeared, in-depth, revealing chapters in all of God's word, we have this, starting in verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but to those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness." So now if we come down here to verse 13, it says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. And it goes, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption at sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father, how amazing. We have a section in Romans that talks about clearly identifying two different people. And one of those is the person who's not in the will, word of God, who's not subjecting themselves to the word of God, who doesn't love the word of God, 
who isn't studying and practicing and teaching, who is not doing that, their minds are set on the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. What it is that you want, what it is your desire, what it is that your goals and aspirations are versus what God, the Lord Jesus, wants. Remember, Peter made that great confession. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed it to you. But right after that, Peter starts telling Jesus, May this never happen to you when the Lord Jesus is talking about having to go to the cross. And then the Lord Jesus rebukes Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your interest on God, but on your own. And that is the key. What is the will of God? What is it that he wants for you in your life, in the life that you have inside the body of believers, universally and locally, in your own home? It should be one of the things that we are continually striving to put ourselves in position is, am I staying in the will of God? Am I actually walking according to to what God would have for me. If we jump over to 1 Peter chapter 2, it tells us uh, in verse 6, 1 Peter 2, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. One of the things that we can do to know if we are are staying in the will of God, if we are walking and uh, striving on that narrow path, is are we being obedient to the word of God? Are we loving the things that God loves and hating the things that God hates? And all of this seems like it's very easy, but we just got done doing a season where we were talking about how few people really read their Bibles. And I tell you, though I haven't seen any studies, I'm pretty inclined to say that of all of those who, quote, read their Bibles outside of church, I would say the percentage of those who study the Bible who study God's word, who study all his works, are significantly far fewer. I, I, would, I would venture to say out of the amount of people, remember that litmus test was if someone reads the Bible four times outside of church in a year, they're considered a regular Bible reader. I would tell you that I think maybe less than one in four actually study God's word. That is should be alarming, should be extremely alarming because we're told in Amos, I looked at this uh, verse not too long ago in Amos, I think it's eight, where it says soon there will come a famine on the land, not for bread, not for water, but for the word of God. Are we hungering and thirsting for Christ? Are we hungering and thirsting to have the righteousness of Christ ever manifested in and through us? Part of discernment starts with where am I at? How am I walking? And then, my friend, when you examine your own heart, 
and then you're taking that and you are applying that, you will be able to discern those around you, to love those around you, to care for those around you. You will be able to walk in the good works that God has prepared for you beforehand, and you will be able to proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So discernment fills us with three different aspects, and I'm going to remind you of this. Start your day off. Preach the gospel to yourself. Preach the gospel and praise God for his saving you. Be in your daily, daily Bible reading and reflect and study it. And three, think about, keep your eyes focused on, remind yourselves numerous times out of the day that we are coming home, that we have the promise of Christ, that we get to be with him and to see him as he is in his glory and that we would be with all of all the rest of creation in heaven, rejoicing and praising him for all of eternity. When we do those three things, it puts us into a place where we can evaluate in humility and love all of that which is going around uh, around us, whether it's politics, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether it's personal relationships, group relationships, whether it's activities within the church or wherever it may be. So I'll end this week by kind of giving a heads up on to what we're going to do for the following, the last episode of this season. So it's only going to be, I think that makes it, what, five episodes for this season dealing with discernment. And that's going to be On the next one, we're going to take all of what we've learned and we're going to look at how we should approach, how we should approach believers and unbelievers with proper discernment, with proper understanding, in the right heart, with the right mindset, with the word of God. There's one thing that we should be doing regularly to help further along discernment, to building up the church and also calling out those who disbelieve and also making those who believe aware of perhaps where they may not have accurate information. So until that time, go in peace, rejoice, praise God. Let this time be a time where you reflect upon what God has, is, and will be doing and walk as wise men. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus, his gospel. We are in the last days. We are in the, the times things are rapidly changing. And friends, we need to be in prayer that we have strength to, to escape the time of testing that's coming upon the whole world. And one of the main ways that we do that is by exercising correct and proper discernment that comes from the word of God that everything is evaluated and filtered through the Word of God. And we're going to finish up this season next episode. And until that time, may the Lord Jesus richly bless you in himself, his word, his salvation, grace and peace. And remember, Reformation is a return to the sound doctrine of the Bible. Revival is the practice of that sound doctrine under the power of the Holy Spirit.